0: Hi everyone, Sandman here. I was thinking about the idea of the dowry recently. And I was talking to a friend about the past and how today's society views women as virtuous while in the past they were considered a burden. In most cultures, women came with a dowry to ease the financial pain for the men and families that they married into. The dowry is essentially a forced transfer of wealth from the bride's family to the groom's. You're paying someone else to take your daughter away, so to speak. It was a way for a woman's relations to essentially bribe the new family to take her away. In recent European history and culture, a dowry would typically be called a hope chest or glory box. But dowries and glory boxes go back all the way to Babylonian, Greek, and ancient Roman times. And in most of the ancient world, it was the bride's parents and the bride's husband that had the authority to control the assets that were found in the dowry. You can see why in many cases people look back in history and say that society must have been patriarchal if men were the ones controlling women's dowries. But we also have to remember that the contents of the dowry were earned by the bride's parents and were there to help the husband cover the costs of starting a new household. After all, it was the men that provided the majority of the economic support while working through agriculture until the Industrial Revolution. The dowry, an asset that was once created to help men offset the financial burden of marriage, It's considered by many of today's feminists as the asset that proves that men are trying to oppress women by not letting them control their own financial destiny. That's the equivalent of saying that parents are oppressing their children if they buy them clothing for Christmas instead of letting them buy toys themselves. What most feminists fail to recognize is that men had multiple daughters and they basically had to set up multiple dowries for those daughters' futures. It seems to me that the fathers that were forced to pay out dowries were the ones that are being financially oppressed. And in Italy during the Renaissance, the hope chests or dowry boxes were often worth more than the contents of the hope chests themselves. It was all about creating the illusion that men had the means to pay outrageous dowries for their daughters. Some of them looked so elaborately decorated that they could easily fall for the Ark of the Covenant. I know in Indian culture that most dowries are quite literally full of real gold, coins, as well as jewelry and the gold is often passed down from one generation to the next, which is one of the main reasons why India's gold consumption has gone up with its population and economic prosperity, and India is the world's largest consumer of gold. Today, the equivalent for a hope chest or a glory box or even a dowry are parental assets that are basically left to men and women after their parents pass away and leave that money in their estates. Today in North America and Europe, it's basically getting harder than ever to make money and keep it, Inheritance has become like a hope chest for both men and women because for those lucky or unlucky enough to get married, they have to both work and rely on handouts to make ends meet and purchase real estate as well as to finance their lifestyles. So a lot of people are relying on their parents to save their collective financial asses and provide down payments for family homes through the bank of mom and dad. And if you're either a male or female and your parents give you money to buy a house that you could never afford then this makes you appear wealthier than you really are, and you can oftentimes attract better mates in the opposite sex. I'm sad to say this, but if you want to have social mobility in today's society, in many cases you have to sacrifice your individuality and freedom to become a doctor, engineer, or some other high-end professional. Many of the older individuals that I know could easily get into medicine and law in the late 1960s and early 70s, and could easily keep their individuality while still working in their chosen fields they could still have a social life while being in medical school. However, with today's increasing competition to become a doctor or some other professional, it's basically gotten to the point where you have to sacrifice your personal life and happiness to get ahead in your career. When I speak to older doctors, they often complain that the newer ones have an absolutely terrible or non-existent bedside manner, but they're instead more worried about their lifestyle and paying off their medical debt. Even many of the older doctors have this mentality. So relying on parental money is becoming not only common, but a necessity in today's economy for many young people. A dowry is a way for parents to cover some of the costs of starting up a new household for their children. So the tradition of dowries has not really gone away, but has changed into something completely different. In the past it was considered bride wealth, and today with the high divorce rates, even the money a man gets from his own parents to purchase a home becomes bridal wealth if they get a divorce. So ex-wives can literally take away modern male dowries if they want to. But in the past, in many cultures, if the husband divorced his wife, then she would have the right to take that dowry back and basically use it to attract a new husband. In the past, even governments handed out dowries to women in exchange for certain types of services. To get women to come to New France in North America, the French government would often hand out dowries to French women if they would move to Quebec and marry French soldiers. These women were known as daughters of the king, and if a woman in the New French world wanted to become a nun instead of getting married, then the church would require dowries from their parents if their daughters were to become nuns. Even the church required bribes to take women in. So you can imagine the amount of wealth that the Roman Catholic Church in colonial Canada collected in dowries, in addition to the usual gifts and money from church services. For monks, the church didn't have similar requirements. Does that mean that even the church saw its own female members as burdens and liabilities? I'll leave you to think about that and let me know. Another form of dowry is education. Whenever a child basically receives education money from their parents or receives money to purchase property, he or she is getting a dowry indirectly because the assets they're getting will most likely attract someone of the opposite sex. So dowries are still used to some extent in today's society. However, the word dowry is like the word honor. People still have honor in our culture, we just don't use the word honor for it. If a person loses their honor, we don't say there's a person with no honor. Instead, we say, that guy's a loser. But what we would have said centuries or even decades ago is, there's someone that's lost their honor, and it's had his honor besmirched by someone else. Today, we rarely use the word dowry, but that's because it's been replaced with the word inheritance. And you don't usually get that inheritance until the people in your life pass away and give it to you. Although, times are changing, and people are getting their inheritance a lot sooner. Although the dowry is not really a formal thing in North America, Europe, or Australia, or many other parts of the Western world, it is still customary throughout most of Asia, as well as Africa. At some point, as Western nations become poor once again, they will start setting up dowries for women. And I honestly think that in a future with resource scarcity, women will increasingly become a burden on society instead of a benefit. We are already seeing women in many countries commit infanticide on their own female children. And what does that say when even women are willing to kill their own female children? What does that say about the burden that women represent on our society? Do these types of actions prove that women can take their own selfish desires to all new heights? What do you guys think about women in China as well as India killing their female children and preferring to keep the productive male ones instead? For me, I think it's important to watch what people do instead of what people say. And what the people in poorer countries are doing is choosing one sex over the other. Chinese women don't want to be burdened by paying out dowries, and they seemingly get little value from female children. They are doing this mostly because China has a one-child policy. But it's also happening in India as well, and they don't have a one-child policy. Well, that's all I've got to say on dowries. If anyone else has anything to add, please leave the comments in the section below. I just want to finish this video by talking about why society has always seemingly undervalued women in the past and families have effectively had to bribe suitors with dowries. Back when muscle power did most of the work, most women obviously didn't have muscles, but women can still produce male children. So just like Napoleon Bonaparte always says, women are the makers of men, and he saw that their primary function or role in society was basically to have children, thus creating more men. Human societies have moved away from this model because we have the luxury of cheap goods and cheap energy. Back when we had to think about our survival due to a lack of food, we put far more effort into thinking about proper roles for men and women. I think that only in a world of scarcity will we once again see things from a sane perspective once again. When we have to choose carefully what we can eat, what we do, and what has value, then we will return to more sane or rational interactions between men and women. But for men going their own way, thank God we will never have to deal with dowries and this ridiculous topic ever again. Society seems to feel that men will simply work because they're being bribed with some love and occasional sex. But men are now realizing the heavy price they pay for love and sex. And in the coming decades, men's practical value will increase, while women's perceived value will probably decrease. Watching the socioeconomic framework around us change and devalue female work, And value will be one of the most interesting things to observe in the 21st century. And I'm glad that I'll probably be around to see it. Anyways, thanks for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.